Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I'm really excited uh, to bring you today's episode. It's going to be a little bit different than than what you're normally used to. Normally, I'm bringing on, you know, a, one dude or a couple of dudes who have um, stories of themselves for their own personal transformation that we're going to focus on and dig into. And we're in that holiday th- season right now. You know, Thanksgiving has passed. Christmas is still ahead. Hanukkah's there. The New Year's. And families are coming together, and I'm starting to get a lot of questions about not just how do I help myself, but how do I help my brother? How do I help my father? You know, my dad, I see, I, I, I got a message this week, actually, where someone said, I see my dad in your before pictures, and I don't know what to do. So that idea of can you help a family member, and, and what does that even look like, is something that I think is in the forefront of a lot of our minds. And ju- it just so happens that today's guest reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, hey, man, I really want to I would really like to talk on your podcast, you know, not about his story, per se, but about his dad and how he's been helping him. And, and the guest is, is someone that if you follow me, you know that I've talked to before on his show. And it, it's Frank Rich. Uh, Frank, how are you doing today? Good, brother. Excited to uh, excited to be here, man. Thank you. He- yeah, man, I'm really excited. You know, I, for those of you who don't know, I was on Frank's podcast, The Superhuman Life, a, a few episodes back. So you can still go find that on, on all the podcast platforms and, and check that out. We had a great discussion, really, about my story and my journey. And so it is, it is always fun for me to kind of be able to turn the tables a little bit and get to take on the hosting role versus being the person being interviewed. So this, this should be a fun, a fun morning for us, Frank. Um, yeah, really. You true. know let you let you be in the the hot seat for a while but frank why don't you t- for those people out there who don't know anything at all about who you are why don't you give us your 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 quick synopsis on, on who is frank rich absolutely man yeah so um yeah you've done the introduction frank frank rich um you know i am a uh i'm an online digital marketer by trade so that's what i do for a full-time living i've been um, in the entrepreneurship space for for about seven plus years, kind of dabbled in some different business ventures. Um, and now I spend my days um, leading an agency um, on the revenue side of things. I'm the head of partnerships for an agency called ROI Machines. Um, in terms of my personal kind of background and experience, uh, I have been a bodybuilder. So my my passion lies in health and fitness, but ultimately helping people. Uh, I, I, I spent a massive amount of time understanding and mastering the science of exercise execution. Uh, so I've, I started an online fitness business about uh, three years ago, and this was dedicated to helping men uh, build more muscle. I, I coined the term masthetic uh, physique. Uh, so I have programs out there. I've been coaching men for, for quite a few years in muscle, fitness, uh, weight loss transformations, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of this was stemmed from kind of my insecurities as a child. So, you know, I think we'll get probably get more into kind of the family dynamic stuff when we go more into uh, the family story. But, you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, a little bit overweight, husky, you know, I, I, I wouldn't label myself uh, an obese child, but there was there was a layer uh, that I just wasn't proud of. And I think that stemmed from just maybe a lack of proper nutrition, you know, we 36. So I kind of grew up, you know, I'm a 90s kid. Uh, we grew up with a traditional kind of, you know, Americanized diet, you know, box cereal for breakfast, frozen pizzas for lunch, macaroni and cheese by the, you know, by the box when, when we were hungry, like whatever we could do, like, you know, I don't think it was, was negligence. It was more of just uh that's what was being 
put out there, you know, and, and obviously we'll get a more, more into that, but yeah, I'm, you know, uh, I'm here to help, you know, that's, I've, I've, I've always been a, a leader. I've always been somebody that wants to reach his hand out to help pull people, um, you know, out of, out of wherever that, and, and that was stemmed from, you know, like I said, a lot of, a lot of my own transformational stories. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a coach by, well, I'm a, I'm a marketer by trade. I'm a coach by heart. I love helping men, uh, which is why I've, you know, been doing the fitness, the fitness business, been doing the coaching and why I'm ultimately doing everything I'm doing now with, with my podcast. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that was, um, the synopsis that that you were looking for, but that's 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 me kind of in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> no, that that's great, man. I that's a really great overview, and I and I think for people that haven't checked out Frank's podcast, obviously, one, I'm I'm angry if you're listening to my podcast and you haven't heard me on it. I think that's ridiculous. Um, absolutely ridiculous. There. We're angry, I mean, but, we still, but we still love you guys. Of course, of <laughs> course. And and I discovered Frank really because. I, I was listening to uh, Danny and Mara Vega's podcast, and you were on the first installment of their Real Men series. And I was like, just riveted by not just your personal story, but your passion. And you talked about, you know, what you were doing and some of your ventures. And I immediately kind of looked out, found Frank's show and, and sent him a message. And I was just like, hey, if you ever want to talk, let's talk. Um, and we ended up doing that. And And I just really... I think the the mission that you have, even just you know the mission statement of your podcast, is something that is is powerful because as much as sometimes I I think people say, well you know you're like to me I get a lot of people that are like your your show is called the Fat Guy Forum, but why aren't you talk, giving the stories of of big women? And I, I'm like, well because my my sh my show is the Fat Guy Forum, <laughs> like that's the mission of my show is to share these stories because. I, as someone, you know, who grew up as, as a, a really overweight guy, look into the fitness space and I see a lot of, a lot of guys out there doing podcasts that are about men that really existed in that athlete or that fitness sphere already. And their weight loss transformations are more related to, you know, they got into an off season rut or something along mm -hmm. those lines. And, or I see a lot of podcasts that are focused on like helping women specifically. And I was like, I don't. I don't see anywhere showing that kind of telling the stories of the dudes that I know. And so I was like, let's just create one and see what happens. And I, it resonates for people. And I think, you know, what, you know, your podcast, you know, also like you are, are going, have a specific mission that I think is just really powerful. So I just wanted to see if you wanted to like expound on that for a minute before we really kind of get into the stories. Absolutely, man. And, and yeah, great. Um, you know, thank you. Thank you for those, those words. And, and just so you know, Mike, um, you know, I am a, I am a data driven guy. So I keep a close tight knit or close, uh, look on all of my numbers. Currently you are the number three downloaded podcast. I mean, we're, we're 16 episodes in. Um, so, but so it's, it hasn't been a, a long, long, you know, um, reign of, of, of our episodes, but yeah, so Danny's, mm. Danny's episode is number one. I think, you know, with, with his audience, of course. pushing it, uh, closely followed by the first one, which was me telling my story. Uh, but I was actually awesome. looking at it this morning. You are, you're slowly creeping up there. So, uh, people, nice. people are resonating with, uh, with your episode. Obviously there's been a big push on your end. I know you shared it a few times. So, so I appreciate you for doing that because yeah, the more, the more ears we can get it in, but yeah, the mission, 
The mission of the Superhuman Life is to help men break free from the shackles of addiction through the power of faith and fitness. So I mentioned that I was a digital marketer and the background that I have um, in marketing, it was very clear to me that if I was going to get into the podcasting space, I needed to get very clear on who I was talking to. You know, I've had I've had the dream of hosting a podcast of 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 being on multiple shows for a very long time. I mean, I got introduced to the podcasting space back in 2015. We're now four years later, and there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of podcasts out there in the world. So, how can you go into a saturated marketplace um, but make yourself stand out? And for me, I realized like I had to get so clear on who I was trying to talk to and how I was trying to help them. So, for me, the mission to help men break free from the shackles of addiction. So that's who I'm talking to. Um, I want to help men because not that I can't help women, but I think that I mean we're 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 both men and women are humans, but we but we're different. And and this goes all the way back to to the beginning. It's very clear that that men and men and women are are, are different beings. So I think that we resonate with uh, different stories. I think we resonate with different styles of conversations. I think we resonate with different leaders. Um, so I've, I've, I've had plenty of women reach out to me. I know I have women that are subscribers and followers and listen to it. Um, but I wanted to be very clear that, that this show was for men. I'm a man. I've gone through quite a bit of struggles myself. Um, so if I can do anything, if I could, if I could show somebody the way it's going to be a man that was at a point where I currently was. So, yeah, I mean, my story is, you know, out of, if we go back to kind of that short elevator pitch where I kind of gave you the highlight reel of successes in my life, um, all of that happened while I was dealing with uh, a handful of addictions. You know, I've I, uh, I I think I referred to myself on one of my on the initial episode as a a high functioning addict. Uh, you know, you know I've I've had stints with alcoholism. I've had sticks. You know, stints with drug addiction. I've had stints with uh, sex abuse, addic- uh, abuse addiction, but the one that kind of, you know, was always there. These were ones that I was, you know, those are the ones like I'd be able to manage them. I do six months of like intense drinking, partying, you know, drinking five, six, seven nights a week, drinking to the point of, you know, extreme blackout, um, the drug addiction, like, you know, I'd go on these benders for, you know, weekends at a time or days at a time, but I would always like, it never got to a point where it was completely out of control. Um, but the one thing that was always kind of consistent in my life was an addiction to pornography. Um, and I, know I share a lot of this on, on many of my episodes and it's now become a, a bigger driving mission for me. It's like, let's bring real light to this because I think that there is, um, I think that the way that it's viewed in our society today is that like porn is okay. It's just two people having sex, consume it. Um, it's, it's, it's not destructive in any, in any way, but realizing what actually occurs kind of behind the scenes with all of that. Uh, you know, we're talking now like human trafficking, sex slaves and all, you know, abuse. Of women. Like if you, if you actually thought about as you're watching something, like what is, what is taking, like what actually has to happen in order for that to appear on your computer screen or on your phone, uh, phone screen. Like, I think you'd have a little bit different of a perspective in the enjoyment and pleasure side of things. So yeah, I, I, I spent a lifetime addicted to porn. You know, I'm, I'm very transparent on the struggles that I had and, and how it affected, um, the way that I viewed women, the way that I objectified women. Um, so a big 
you know, a, a big part of me, uh, in my, in my journey here has been, uh, has been my faith. And, uh, it wasn't something that was a part of my life. Um, in my youth, uh, we weren't born, you know, I wasn't born into a Christian family, you know, re- religion wasn't really something that was present in our, in our household. Uh, but through kind of my growth in, in entrepreneurship, I got introduced to some incredibly strong, uh, powerful Christian men. And they welcomed me into their world with open arms. And what I began to realize over really spending a few years with these guys um, is that their lives were, were the lives that I'd always dreamed about. You know, um, they had the families that I dreamed about. They had the business successes that I'd always dreamed about. And I couldn't, I couldn't pin it down at first. Like, these guys are all different. They're doing different things. They have different, you know, different family lives. They have different hobbies. But I couldn't, I couldn't for a while really pinpoint what was that that consistent underlying theme between all of them. Um, and it wasn't until I had some, some true awakening moments that I realized that it was, it was their faith. It was their walk with Christ that made them, um, all consistent in, in who they were. So, um, I got saved, uh, on October 22nd of last year. So just over a year ago, um, I accepted Christ and began, began my walk with him. And it was through that process and, and that, you know, really diving deep into, to, to my faith that I began to chip away at quite a bit of, um, you know, these addictions and, and the, the last one being, uh, the porn addiction, which I, uh, ended on February 14th of this year. So just nine, you know, nine and a half months from now, um, was the first time I ever had a conversation and to, with another person and admitted what I was going through and what I was struggling with. Um, and that was the day I made the vow that, I would never look at it again. I had to share it with my girlfriend. That was, you know, we were sharing our lives together. I needed to let her know who I truly was. Um, and since then, I mean, just just the blessings and opportunities that have been granted to me. Um, it's it's only by the grace of God that that I'm standing here today with you. Um, the, the the podcast was a result of of all of this. And now I'm on a mission to bring more awareness to this, uh, to help men break free from their addictions. And, and, you know, with the podcast, we, we talk about all addictions, you know, your episode was, was the battling of food addiction, which I think is a massive topic, uh, that very few people, um, talk about, but we've, you know, we've spoken to people that have been, been raised in addictive homes and how they've gotten out of that. We've had some topics around around the conversation of porn. But yeah, for me, my mission is, is more geared towards, toward the porn side of things, just because like, I think if I, if I can help anybody in this world right now, it's that guy that I was, you know, for a handful of years in my life. So my mission is to lean back, put my hand out and say, come on, brother, like whatever you're going through right now, it's okay. We've been there and there is a way out of it. Well, you you know, I I think your mission's amazing, man, and and obviously, I I also think anyone listening right now who doesn't know anything about your story is probably got a fire under them to jump over and go listen to a couple episodes of your podcast or go catch you on on Fat Fueled Family because you know there's there's more detail there that I, I think could be really helpful, and I I I think it's this you know you hit you hit it right there like that idea that you know you you know. You, we can't all send every message to every person, 
And so our energy has to go into a place where we're going to get, you know, the positive results and be able to make that change and, and give that help. And so I, I just think it's, it's admirable, admirable that not only are you open about your story, but that you're also willing to say, you know, here I am as someone who went through this. Let me stand as someone who's willing to, to kind of like put a hand out to someone else who's in that same spot. So I, I just think that's, that's some really exciting stuff, man. And I, I'm excited for us to be able to start talking about, you know, let, let, let's start to dive into your family and talk about, you know, why you, why you reached out to me and thought this would be something good for us to talk about today. Like, tell us, Tell us about your dad. Yeah, so so my dad is uh he's Frank Rich Sr. So um easy, you know, easy to remember, you know, remember that he uh you know he's 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 given me my name. But you know, I think um to kind of set the tone of you know why I thought that this would be important, um, you know, maybe give a little bit of background on kind of like who, you know, who who he is, um and, and kind of, you know, what who he was prior to prior to early February, because if you if you knew him then and you knew him now, it's a completely completely different person. So, yeah, I think you know maybe a good starting point is because it's funny. It's kind of it's kind of the same starting point for uh, for my story that I've shared. You know, you mentioned I was on Danny and Mara's show, and and even the first episode when I really give an extended um, you know version of of that story. So, yeah, my um, you know, my, my dad is a father of three. So I've, uh, I have an older sister and a, and a younger brother. Um, like I said, I, uh, I was a nineties, a nineties baby or eighties and nineties, you know, so just context of, of his age is, is he 64. So, um, you know, he made his way up from Miami to, to live in Tampa where, where, where I was born in, and I live now, um, in the early eighties. So, and my mom had met, um, they were deciding they want to start a family. They didn't want to do it. Um, in Miami. So they, they left in kind of the time of the cocaine cowboys to get out of South Florida and move to Miami. Um, he's, he's a hard worker, you know, he's, he's a blue collar type of guy. So he's, he's been in the, um, trying to think of, I guess it'd be the food services industry. Maybe would be the easiest way to explain what he's done for a living for the past 40 plus years. So when people walk into the grocery stores and they see, um, the food that's on the shelves, you know, some of that is brought in through the actual store, but there's certain, certain areas within that milk is brought in from, you know, an outside vendor, uh, bread and a lot of desserts are brought in from outside vendors. So he's been involved in kind of the bread food services and dessert food, uh, food services for 40 plus years, literally waking up, you know, at one, 2 AM in the morning, uh, to drive to his warehouse to get his truck to to be in the store before the store opens at 7 a.m. So um, physical work, you know, there's there's been times, you know, even as a young kid, like I would go with him and do that type of work. So it was a very physically demanding job. Um, you know, it's funny because I talked about kind of the food that we ate, um, you know, that standard like kind of American stuff. So I think when you work you know, in the, in the food services industry, or you work kind of in that grocery store world, you know, my dad was like the vendor for bread for a very long time. Well, he was friends with the, the vendor for potato chips and the vendor for, um, you know, ice cream and the, the vendor for, um, other types of desserts. Well, you see these guys every single day and it's like, okay, now we're just going to kind of like, Hey, Frank's got three loaves of bread that he'll swap you for, you know, a carton of ice cream. So we, we never had a scarcity of food. 
um, growing up, you know, either, you know, for, for my dad to eat or, or for us as a kid. So yeah, he, um, so he, like I said, he was a hard worker. Um, and we always had, you know, our fair amount of food to consume. Um, another thing about my dad is, um, you know, I think this, this is relevant in, in my story as well. So our family, uh, our family split, uh, when I was, a when I was a teenager, I was still in high school. So my sister was, was just about to get out of high school, graduating and I had a younger brother, uh, who was four years behind me. I was around 15, 16 years old. And I think at that time it, for him, it took, uh, he took it very, very hard. You know, I think seeing his family split and, and no longer being, um, being at the helm of it and, and, and being, you know, being the father to, to all of us that, that he wanted to be. Um, I saw, um, at that time I was living, just me and him were living together and, and my sister had moved out and my brother had gone with my mom. But, um, I, I began to, at that time, kind of see some sides of my dad that, um, were not the greatest, you know, he, he battled with, with alcohol quite a bit. I mean, there was, there was times where he would, you know, I can remember one specifically, um, it was like a Sunday afternoon, maybe late, early Sunday evening. Um, he had been drinking, it was kind of, you know, standard American, you know, football day. So he'd been drinking all day while he's watching sports, getting angry at the TV and yelling. Um, I can remember him just, you know, standing there kind of aggressively speaking to me. Um, and they're just completely blacked out and went face first into a wall. Um, and for, a, for, a, for a teenager, you know, for somebody 15, 16 years old uh, to be in that position, it was, it was very challenging. So, you know, I think uh, a lot of our relationship in my early adulthood was not the greatest. You know, I, I love him to death and I think he did the best job that he possibly could in raising us you know, through, through some tougher times. Um, but I wouldn't say that, that he had shown me the model of, of what it meant to lead, to, to lead the right type of life. And, and I carried that very strongly for a really long time. I used to, you know, I used to almost brag to people like, yeah, I love my dad. Uh, but I've learned more about what it, what it means not to be a man than what it does to be a man. Um, something I would, I would, I would verbalize very passionately to people almost as a way of like, yeah, he didn't teach me how to be a father and teach me how to be a man. Um, so I've realized now, especially in this past year, as he and I've grown so much closer together that it wasn't, uh, on purpose. It wasn't by nature. Like I said, I think he did the best job that he was equipped to do with what he had. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're now talking, you know, 20, 20 ish plus years ago, um, was when I really became, became aware about, you know, some of the things that he was, that he was dealing with on the alcohol side of things. Now with that, like I said, I mean, growing up, we had all these types of foods, you know, just kind of at, you know, available to us whenever we needed them, desserts, ice creams, this and that, um, my dad, you know, was not, um, like an overly fit and active guy. You know, like he, he had prior to like now, like dad bod is like a cool thing. It's like, yeah, you know, for, for, for a father to be 20 plus pounds overweight, like it's almost like glamorized in the world now. Uh, but that was my dad, you know, back in the day, like he was always, you know, a little bit bigger than he probably should have been. It's funny because we were watching some, uh, some family home videos 
um, on Thanksgiving, my mom had to kind of put this, um, this video montage together of like all these old video clips from like the eighties, like the rolling camera film. Um, so she, we had this playing in the background. It was like, anytime you saw my dad in the videos, like he was, he was the guy that'd be outside, like working with a shirt off. Like if he was cutting grass, he was shirtless. If he was cooking on the grill, he was shirtless. But every time the camera would like pan to him, you would see him like suck his gut in. Like he knew like, he's like, Oh, I don't want to show this to the camera. So, so yeah, he always carried a little bit of, a little bit of extra weight. Um, now, like I said, he, he worked a very demanding job. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's not construction and it's not, you know, hard physical labor in a store, but a waking up at two o'clock in the morning and then unloading trucks and putting, you know, like that's, there's an element of physical, of a physical demand that's, that's needed. So I think probably that helped him through his forties and even into his fifties, like stay a little bit healthy. Um, but since he's gotten into his, his older age, I mean, he's 64 years old now. Um, and he's still doing that exact same type of work. He now has somebody that works with him. So a lot of the physical stuff, uh, is no longer done by him. So I think what's, what, what really ended up happening is in the last five to seven years, um, because he's doing less of the work and still was consuming um, a lot of the same foods, um, his weight just started to skyrocket. You know, when I say that he was, you know, 20, 30 pounds overweight, like my dad's six, one and three quarters, he'll tell you, he's probably closer to six, one. Um, but he was like, you know, he was 240, 250, like not a huge, huge guy. Um, but like I said, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't jacked. He wasn't a bodybuilder. He just had a little bit of extra weight, um, around the midsection. So, um, what's ended up happening is, you know, in the last seven, you know, five to seven years or so, because his lack of, of work activity has decreased that weight slowly, slowly started to rise to where, you know, as we kind of turned the clock into 2019, um, he was over 300 pounds. So now, now we're going to take somebody 64 years old. So not in the prime of his youth anymore, but now we're going to add, you know, 60 plus pounds onto his body. Um, that begins to take a toll, you know, physically, mentally. Um, and I don't know how deeply we want to go, you know, in, in, into who he ultimately was, but, um, you know, to, to, to say that he was depressed would be an understatement. You know, um, he had, he had everything that you would think somebody at his stage in life would want. He had, you know, he had a family. Was it, was it the family that he had 40 years ago? No. Like obviously his kids are grown now. Um, my sister is married and, and has, has two incredibly beautiful children. So he's a grandfather. So not only does he have three incredibly, you know, healthy kids that are still thriving in their lives, but now he's got grandchildren. Um, he's, he had an element of his health. Now he has been a smoker for like over 40 years. So that's another thing that he has been doing consistently and, and battling with for a very long time. So he wasn't the healthiest person, but like I said, he, he had this life that from the outside, great job. He's making, you know, making a, making a above average living, you know, is he working hard to get it? Yes. But that, you know, that doesn't come without, you know, obviously him having some things that he wants. He's got a family, he's got grandchildren, he's got a home, he's got his, you know, he's got his, his all these things to, to be happy about and to be, to be excited for. 
Um, but all that was ever coming out of his mouth was how unhappy he was with his weight, how depressed he was with this, how much he hated this. Like, um, and over time, like when you are, you know, as your family, like if, if everything coming out of their mouth is just constant, like negativity and, and like unhappiness, like it can begin to like chip away at you. Um, so I think the important thing here, it's like, um, identifying like your family, you know, like what they're putting out there. And it's like, a lot of people are like, oh, that's just so-and-so or it's okay. Like, that's my family. Like I can let them like feed all this negativity into me and, and realizing like the more you allow that in, um, it's going to marinate in, inside of you and, and in time can like alter like your perception of, of the world. So yeah, I don't know. If, um, trying to think, I don't know if I was all over the place there. I think I was, but. N- no, I think I, I think you painted you painted this great picture of where you know his his experience come from, like bringing him up to this year and kind of like what I, what I'm curious about is before we kind of get into the changes that have happened is what was it like for you to see these changes happen in your dad? Like, what was it like to to be you know a part of his life while you were seeing him, especially someone who exists in this you know, you're, you're in this world of, you know, uh, yeah. for lack of a better term, you know, kind of in the fitness sphere, like to see, see your dad putting that weight on and like to see him not being happy with it. And like, what, how, how did that impact? Like your not just your perception of him, but like how you, how you oh, interact. Truthfully. Um, I mean, there, there were points, you know, going back, you know, a handful of years where I dreaded a conversation with him. I, and this is, and, and this is on, me because I should have been at a, a better place, maybe from a maturity standpoint, but, um, there was definitely times where it's like, I knew I need to call him for something, or I knew I needed to, to reach out to him to say this, or maybe, you know, maybe we were getting together for a family thing. And it's like dreading it because I knew that it was going to bring me down. Um, and that there was nothing that I could ultimately do at that point. I felt helpless. Yeah, I was working in the fitness space, you know, personal trainer, coach, bodybuilder. And, you know, when I first got into this stuff, you know, now we're going back almost 15 years when I started my journey into health and fitness and bodybuilding. It's like out of the gate, I was this young, ambitious, like, you know, 23 year old kid, like dad, like, like, look at all this stuff that I'm learning. Like if you eat, you know, chicken and broccoli and rice, like you'll, you'll look like me. And it's like realizing that the stuff that I was doing was what I needed to do for the path that I was going on. But a bodybuilder diet, you know, square meals, eight ounce of chicken with a half a cup of rice, like that is great for the person that is committed to working towards achieving what they were trying to do. And for me, that at the time was like, I wanted to be as big, as lean, as strong as I possibly could and go on a stage and flex my muscles while I was wearing underwear. You know what I mean? Like that was like, I, I knew that from the beginning, like, but I didn't, I wasn't able to take that and translate it over into like, okay, here's my dad, like no desire to get jacked, no desire to get super shredded, no desire to go on stage and flex in his underwear. So why would my diet work for him? But when he rejected it or he rejected any of the tips I tried to gave him, I kind of like said, okay, I throw my hands up in the air. Like I've tried to help you. Now you're on your own. Like now you go try to figure it out yourself, which is not the way to approach it. Um, I realized that, that now. So yeah, I think that there were definitely 
um, as I saw a lot of this kind of unfold in, in, in the decline, um, I just kind of said, it's like, there's nothing I can do here. I don't even want to be part of it. Almost like detach myself, uh, from the, from the situation, which, you know, like we shared a little bit about what I was going through, you know, personally. So, you know, I think seeing him, uh, and seeing where he was, I, a part of a part of me realized that if i keep if i keep on the path that i'm going is that like there was a doubt of like is that where i'm going to be um so so to avoid that it's like i just completely completely detached from it i don't know if that makes sense oh i no i think it makes complete sense because i think there's also like as much as like unique addictions and issues have different specific details and consequences and all of that. Like, I think there can be a resonance where, you know, like some of the people that I relate the best to in terms of, you know, sharing experiences and being able to kind of, especially sharing like the deep, dark, nitty gritty details of, of my experiences and stories that I know if I were just to post it on Instagram would freak people out. Um, I talk, I talk to guys that, you know, are dealing with, you know, have dealt with drug and alcohol addictions, you know, and we're, in different places and, and had completely different journeys and, and all of that, but we are able to kind of see different connections. And I think the same goes for when you're, you're pulling yourself, you know, out of a place like that and you're, you're working on something, whether it's your health, your fitness, your an addiction to alcohol and drugs or to porn, you, you see other people still in that place. And sometimes as much as we want to help, our reaction can also be to kind of shy away naturally, like to pull away and be like, I, there's something in that place that, you know, hits a little too close to home. And like you're saying, like seeing him, seeing him and thinking, will that be me someday? And also I, I you, the powerlessness, like I, I know there's people in my life who saw the life that I was leading and didn't know what to do and didn't know what to say. So they didn't, they didn't, they were paralyzed. And so when I have made changes, they, they are able to say, I thought you were going to die. You know, I really thought you were going to die any day. And I, uh, one of my immediate thoughts in my head is always, yeah, but you never said that to me. Like we never actually had that discussion. But then I also go to that place of what would have happened if someone said that to me? Like, would I, would I have open, welcomed them with open arms or would I have been that person who was like, okay, yeah, yeah I'm going to close you out of my life now. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where it's like, um, knowing where the person is at and ultimately like we can do everything we possibly can to want to help somebody, you know? And that's why I love, I love what you're doing here and, and why I have my podcast and, you know, everything that, you know, we have a lot of the same mutual friends and it's like, we're all putting a message into the world for a specific person that we're trying to reach on the other side. But that person that we're trying to reach has to be ready to receive it. Like you can't help somebody if they're not ready for the help. So I think that there was a long time where there was this shield um, in front of my dad where it wouldn't matter what I said. Like, like he could have, there was times he asked me a question, I gave him the answer. And it's like, he got pissed at the answer that I gave him because he wasn't, because he wasn't ready. So I think for, for a lot of us in you know, if we're, if we're trying to help a family man, we're trying to help somebody close to our inner circle. It's like, you have to identify like, where is that person currently at in their journey? And are they open receptive 
to help. If you can get that feeling and sense of, okay, now I can see, I can see the change of, of they're trying to, trying to make it a little bit. Now I can extend my hand out and say, hey, here's a hand to help you out of where you're at. But if, if they're not ready and you know that the message that you're trying to give to them is going to be deflected, um, I think the easiest thing to do is just, just to extend an arm and put it out and put it around them and say, you know what, man, I'm not here to tell you what you need to do. I'm not here to tell you that you're doing anything wrong. I'm just here to tell you that I love you. And whatever it is you're doing right now, just know that I'm by your side. And I think had I taken that approach five years ago, uh, very, very possibly, maybe we could have gotten him changed a little bit earlier. Um, but instead, when he deflected me, it's like, okay, like you don't, you don't want any help. Like all you're going to be is negativity. I'm just going to completely like, like walk away. And yeah, I think it's important to keep negativity out of your life. Um, but at the same time with family, it's, it's one of those things that's, it's, it's really hard, you know? Well, yeah, there, and there's, there's nuance to, to getting involved with family around any of these issues, because I think about, like, I get messages all the time from dudes that are like, you know, I'm 400 pounds, I'm 500 pounds, I've never been on a diet in my life. What do I do? How do I get started? And then I say to them, well, you need to get a handle on what you're eating. And I get pushback that where someone says, well, I don't want to change that. I just want to work out or I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm not ready to do that. X, Y, and Z. And it's easy for me to say, well, I've given you the support that I can, but you need to, you need to figure that out for yourself. And I can walk away you know, from that discussion. But when it's a family member, you know that even if you, even if you push them a little bit and they're going to push back, the consequences have ripples and have bigger impact and can spread to other areas of the family or of your life. And we just, we put, even just to, to microcosm it again, like we put more weight on the interactions we have with people that we care about more, like that's human. And to, to get that pushback, I think sometimes we push back even harder because we we do care so much and don't know how to help and don't know what to do. And so I think it, you're right. Like if when the person's ready, you know, that's when when a discussion, you know, can happen or when a change can be made. And so I, I'm interested to see. So what happened this year? Like what, what you, you kind of brought us up to where your dad was, uh, you know, as of the start of this year. But like what? What changed and, and what was the kind of the catalyst for himself going forward? Yeah. So um, to, to kind of lead into that, um, I think it's important to, um, to go through a little bit of a transformation that I went. So, um, you know, like I said, I had been in the fitness bodybuilding, you know, health space for, for, for a decade plus. Um, but as we turned into 2019, I was at my most unhealthiest point in my adult life, um, just, just life had kind of gotten to a point where, um, it just gotten the best of me. And, and like I said, I was going down this journey and in, in this walk with Christ, but, um, January one, I kind of, you know, we flipped the calendar over and I was, uh, 256 ish pounds, um, you know, pushing 20% body fat, which I know, you know, like for, for, for this show is like, like, dude, you serious? Like, whatever, like, that's not that big of a deal. But for somebody that had, you know, I'd spent a decade plus like walking around at sub 8% body fat. So I definitely had my, my, my health had gotten really out of hand. So for me, I was looking for a way to make the greatest physical transformation that I could in the shortest period of time. 
Now with my background, I've done keto, I've done high carb, low carb, I've done every diet under the sun, you know, and, and prepping for shows and doing off season bulks and working with other clients. Like there wasn't a diet that I, other than veganism, there wasn't a diet that I had um, not experimented with. But the middle to end of last year, I began to hear about this carnivore diet. Um, it was actually Michaela and Jordan Peterson were the first two people that I heard talking about it. Um, and I remember very clearly like hearing about some of the, the transformation that Michaela had had with, with her arthritis and, and everything that she had gone through. So my girlfriend, you know, we're still together. We've been together for three plus years. Uh, she was battling with rheumatoid arthritis and her health was really taking a decline last year. So I began to really dive deep into the carnivore diet for her sake. I'm like, okay, here's this one person, like Michaela's gotten rid of it completely. Like how much, like how easy can this be for Stephanie to do? So I, I just started to dive deep into reading everything I possibly could to watching every video. I stumbled across, you know, your Sean Bakers, your Paul Saladino's obviously, you know, close friendship with Danny and Mora. Like I saw that, that they were doing it as well. So when I was deciding what I was going to do for myself in January, I said, okay, this makes a lot of sense. The easiest diet out there in the world, like you can't screw it up. And I ultimately think that I can make this incredible transformation. So I started January 7th with the goal and the intent to do carnivore for 30 days only. And my only goal was I need to lose as much weight as I possibly can. I was doing it kind of from a business perspective as, as well. It's like, if I can have this incredible 30 day transformation, I can now, you know, post pictures of myself. I can gain clients. I can use it as a tool to help other people. So in those first 30 days, um, all I did was I ate two or three pounds of beef every single day. Um, I had a pretty extensive routine. I was going through a very strength-based uh, workout protocol. I was doing a lot of outdoor walks, like a lot of things uh, led up to it, but I lost 21 pounds in 30 days. And I remember, uh, I remember seeing my dad right at about that 30, 30 day mark. And he made a comment to me like, like, what's going on? Like, you're like, you're, you're, you're dropping weight. Like it's nobody's business. Like, what are you doing? And I began to explain it to him, like how I was eating. Um, and it's like this light went off inside of his head. He's like, wait a minute, like you can lose weight and, and you can eat just like steak and meat. Like that's actually possible. I think for, I think for him, you know, maybe the fear leading up to, you know, of all these previous years, it's like, okay, like, yeah, this diet makes sense. Like, but now I got to get a scale and I got to weigh this and my macros got to match. And like my dad, you know, like he's an old school guy. Like he doesn't want to calculate macronutrients or figure out like how much this, this meal weighs versus this one. If I overeat on this meal, now I got to subtract it from this meal. Like it was overcomplicating for him. He's like, I just want to eat. Um, so when he saw that, like, okay, you can, uh, you can eat meat and like, like lose weight. He's like, I think this is something that I could try. So he actually was the one that reached out to me. It wasn't even like I went to him and said, Hey, like, look at how simple this diet is. Like, and I've lost 21 pounds in a month. Like you need to do this. I wasn't pushing on him at all. Like I said, because you know, previous, um, experiences with that, it was always a no. Like anytime I tried to give him some type of advice or give him some type of nutritional plan, it's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. But with him reaching out to me, uh, that was that switch there where it's, okay, now he's shown the, like, the little bit of initiative of, okay, I'm ready 
ready to do it. And like I said, he had gotten to a point where he was, you know, over 300 pounds um, and, and was just unhappy in life. He walking hurt him. He wasn't able to, you know, um, really do his job. Like I said, fortunately, he had somebody working with him that was handling the majority of the load, but um, it was just constantly in pain. My arm is numb. Um, you know, I can't sleep because the snoring and sleep apnea is keeping me up at night. I can't even walk to a mailbox because it hurts my feet too much. Like that's where, where he was at. So we started in, in early January on a simple, basic carnivore diet. I said, um, and this is, and this, I gave him like a list of five foods and I said, this is all I want you to eat. I want you to eat, um, you know, ground beef or ground chuck, you know, so an 85, uh, 15 percentage or 80, 20, uh, ground beef. I want you to eat some ribeyes. I want you to have eggs. Um, and I want you to have bacon and that's it. He's like, well, what about vegetables? No, I want you to have ground beef, ribeyes, eggs, and bacon. Well, what about fruit? No, I want you to have, and it took us a while for him to like understand. No, you eat these four foods. Um, at the time, my goal was I wanted him to do two 10 minute walks a day just for like activity. Uh, but as I shared, like because of his weight and because of his age and just his body's condition, he couldn't even commit to the 10 minutes of, of walking. So where we started in, in February was a simple change in his diet. I want you to eat two meals a day, um, split out over eight hours in between them. So eat one meal whenever you decide your first meal is going to be eight hours later. So we did an element of, of intermittent fasting. Um, and we did that for like the first three and a half, four months, those foods, no walking, just change what you're just change what, what you're putting in. Um, and very, very quickly, well, he, he went through kind of that transitional phase. You know, I, I don't know if you've had other, other people on carnivore, but there is a, there's a slight point, especially when, excuse me, there's, especially when you're at the, uh, consuming what he was is your, your, your gut microbiome is going to change a little bit. You may have a little bit of trouble with digestion and like some, some, some loose stool or whatever. So he went through that little transition, which is only like a week and a half or, or two weeks, which was, which was very surprising. Um, but then immediately, like he began to, to feel better and the weight started to, to drop off. I mean, in the first two, three months, like he's already down like 30 pounds. Like it was crazy how fast, how fast it was, it was dropping off. Um, so around, around the four month mark is, um, you know, I had now been five ish plus months. So I'd been experimenting with some other stuff. I, you know, started following a lot of what, uh, Paul Saladino was, you know, uh, was teaching in terms of like the nose to tail. So we started to introduce, um, some organ meats. We started to introduce some bone broths. And this is when things really started to accelerate because I think at first there was maybe some missing nutrients that he was getting, which I think is okay. Like if you're just looking to get started, I think you can go a short period of time on just beef and eggs or just beef, steak and eggs. Like, I think that's, I think that's completely fine. Um, maybe supplement with some other vitamins. Uh, we weren't doing that with him because it was just, I just wanted to keep it as simple as possible. But when we really kind of turned it up and we introduced, uh, some of the organ meats and some of the bone broth and some of the other stuff, like that's when things really started to, uh, to, to elevate up. So at this point now, um, you know, 30, 40 pounds down, his body starts feeling 
so, so much better to where the walking was not painful. So we started him on, I believe it was two 20 minute walks a day, like four months into it. Uh, just get outside, get in the sun. We live here in Florida. You know, it's incredible weather all the time. Just enjoy it. Um, very quickly, those 20 minute walks turned into like 45 minutes, turned into an hour. Um, you know, and I think, like I said, a lot of it was due to the fact that we now were following the proper protocol with getting the right nutrients, getting, getting the bone broth, getting the organ meats in. Cause there were so many things that he po- probably was missing. Um, so from there, you know, now we're, now we're getting to like that six month, six and a half month mark. Like when we kind of like, when he said, okay, like I'm ready to kind of see the success that I had. I mean, he didn't step on a scale. He didn't take pictures. He was just like focused in like head down, um, until about that six month mark. And I remember taking a trip out to his house. Um, he's like, I want you to take, cause we took some photos at the beginning. Um, he's like, I'm ready. To take, I'm ready to take some photos. And I remember like, it'd been a while since I'd seen him, you know, I don't see him on a regular basis, although we live very, very close. I just been extremely busy with a lot of things that I had going on that a lot of our communication was, was through the phone. So he's telling me how great he's feeling. He's telling me how great he's looking, but I can remember walking into the house that day at about the six and a half month, six and a half month mark. Um, and just, I remember looking at him and just seeing what felt like a different human being, like the freshness of his skin, the liveliness of the way that he was speaking. I mean, everything from like, the hair on his face was like, like he, he was growing a beard. Like it just, everything about him just looked so much healthier. And this is from somebody that's like 64 years old. And you know what I mean? And just what didn't look good. Um, there'd be no other way to describe it. When he started, he just he didn't look good. Like, um, so to see all these changes, like it, it, it was such an emotional time frame. I just remember like throwing my arms around him and just, just crying there and telling him like how proud I was of him. Um, you know, and then, you know, so that's six and a half months. I think we were roughly about 70 pounds down. So he had gone from over two, gone from over 310 pounds. So he was, he was somewhere in the two thirties in like six and a half months. And it was, it was a, it was a different person. And then to hear the way that he spoke about his life and, and how he enjoyed, like he began to enjoy these walks and he was like, my favorite part of the day is like, I get out and I, you know, get to see the birds and like, I get to see the, the animals walk. He lives up in Atlanta lakes, which is North of Tampa, but there's deer and there's animals everywhere. He's like, I get to get to experience all this. And it's just, I I hadn't heard him speak like that in a really long time. And I can remember, um, now, you know, we're going back a few months. So this was, you know, this was probably seven, eight months into it. Um, early October, he and I were, were taking a trip down to Miami and he's like, man, he's like, sometimes when I'm on these walks, he's like, I just got so much energy. I just want to start running. And I'm like, I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, I hate running, but he's like, I just feel so damn good. He's like, I just want to take off and start running. Now this is coming from somebody that nine months previous couldn't even walk to his driveway uh, because he was in so much pain. So, I mean, it, it's just been a life changing year for him. And, and like I said, I mean, there's, there's a zest of life that he has now, um, that had been absent for a very, very long time. Wow, man. Like it's, 
it's funny because I'm I'm sitting here and I kind of got like wrapped up in it what you're talking, you know, like the emotion, the sheer emotion behind kind of what you're talking about because he, you know, made this real radical transformation and I can only imagine what it was like, you know, to walk in at that 6 month mark and you know, even just going with the intention of okay, here's someone who wasn't even ready to get this started and now is he wants pictures taken like that's there's there's something really powerful, you know, in that experience. And I think it's also powerful to know that in, in many ways, like your journey into into the, the carnivore realm kind of just started a few weeks before his. So there's as as separate as your journey journeys are, there's there's parallel there. And I'm sure your own kind of I know it's been something that's very positive for you, but then to not just see it work for you, but to see it work for someone else that you knew was trapped in this other place is, is just really amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's been such a, such an incredible journey that, that, that now we've got to do it together. You know, like I said, I mean, dating back five years, like I did, I was purposely avoiding him at all costs, right. like trying to not associate, trying not to associate myself with my own, you know, with my own dad. And it's like, now it's like, no, it's like, we are we are in this together like you are by my side we're going through this we're learning together we're we're growing together we're sharing this together it's like you know we can go we can go out with the family and like like we have something unique that is ours now it's like while everybody else is still eating you know whatever it is they want to eat it's like no me and dad we're gonna grab a ribeye and a side of bacon cheeseburger here at dinner it's like now we had this this tight-knit uh bond between the two of us um you know, he, he'll, he'll call me out. You know, it's funny. Like he'll, he'll call me now. And it's like, oh, I was talking with so-and-so and it's like, they're telling me that, um, you know, cause he, he still doesn't know, like he doesn't understand like enough about how it actually works. Like he's surrendered complete control over to me. It's not, it's not like he's out there promoting the carnivore diet. That's why I'm here talking with you today, because this is not like, like he probably wouldn't even be able to come on here and articulate what he's actually done. Um, so when he gets people that like push back to him, like, like, wait a minute, you're, you're eating all this red meat, like you're going to die. And it's like, he calls me sometimes like a little bit upset and it's like, it's like, no dad, like, listen, like this person is uneducated. Like, like, let me break this down. Like actually what's working, the false propaganda on the medical, this and that. Um, so it's cool. It's brought us closer together. Like I'll send him like little short, like, you know, research clips or whatever. I, I know he hardly ever reads them. Maybe he like holds on to like the headline of it and can show people like red meat does not kill people like type of things, you know? Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been, been something that's brought he and I closer together. And it's just, um, it's just been, it's just been incredible. And to hear him talk about, you know, like I said, that zest for life that he has now. And it's like, okay, I want to do this because this is going to make me happy. It's like, I want to take two weeks and go, you know, go fishing down in the keys and, and, and do all these things that seven months ago, like he couldn't stand on a boat because if the boat swayed, you know, three inches to the left, like he had no control over his body, he'd probably fall overboard, drown. And it's like, now he's out there and he's like, you know, commanding a boat and like doing all this stuff. So yeah, it's just been, it's just been an incredible journey to, you know, to be on with him. And I think that's, that's been the best part about it. It's like, um, bringing us, our relationship back together to where we have something that we can share between the two of us. 
I can I can honestly only imagine, man, like how what that connection is like and the 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 collateral benefit of that. Like one, you know, there's not only for you knowing that you help in many ways save his actual life, you know, like give him his life back. But then to see that it, it it paid back to you in the terms of like this development and your relationship and this this bond and this kind of like shared mission and um I definitely get the not you know him not necessarily being the person that is going to be you know re- reading all the research and pulling up graphs on his phone but I also can say like I, I don't I I want to let I I I have to tell you like because when you were talking about going for the walk with him in October and him talking about wanting to run. Like, I had that moment a few months ago myself, and it's, I I don't think people understand what it's like when you go from being that person who you avoid standing, like, not just because you avoid, you know, going for a walk or exercise, you actually live your life to think, I'm going to make sure, am I, when I'm sitting down now to watch TV, do I have everything I'm going to need around me for the next couple of hours so I don't have to move? And then to be and then to be walking out of the gym after working out and actually see, you know, test myself and see, can I just run to my car? Like, can I actually do that? Because I don't think I've ever done that before in my life. Like, and to feel that impulse, like, is it's like this this magic fire that you didn't know existed. And I just remember, I think I messaged like 10 different people that when I had that moment and I had to be like, you're not going to believe what I just thought about doing. You know, I'm not saying I did it, but. Wow. So I can just I can just think for him, like, how amazing it must be to kind of like, go from feeling like you said, he can't check the mail, you know, he's not doing he couldn't even commit to doing a 10 minute walk when you first were getting him started. And now for him even just to have that thought in his head, speaks so much to how because one of the things like that really resonated for me, Frank was I listening when I listened to your the first episode of your podcast, like one of the the pieces you used to tag it was, you know, when you have power over your body, it gives you power over your mind. And I I think that's a part of his journey too. like this idea that, you know, by changing what he put into his body, it's transformed him on levels that he probably didn't even think was possible to begin with. Yeah, well, you well, you said it. Um, I mean, it, it brought chills to to my arms when you said it. It's like we gave him his life back, and mm-hmm. I think that is that is the part when when people push back to me on what is he eating? Like, is this okay? Like, where's his cholesterol? Where's his blood? This and that. I was like, I was like, do you realize what is actually taking place in the past seven months in his life? Like, we were looking at we were looking at. For all, for lack of a better way to say it, we were looking at just a corpse. We were looking at a person that was there, but there was nothing coming out of their life. Like, like you said, like when I sit down, do I have everything I'm going to need for the next couple hours? Because I don't have the strength, the want to, desire to have to move again. That's where he was, literally, just a a, a very large body, but there was nothing uh, pleasurable or enjoying out of being awake or being alive, like, 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 like complete misery. Like I can't speak from inside of him, but from what he's articulated to us, from what I can see from understanding enough about the human psyche to realize when I looked at him, that was a person that is in complete despair and complete depression and just doesn't even want to be alive right now for him to go from that 
to saying, man, I felt so damn good today that while I was walking, I just wanted to start running. Like we gave somebody the joy of life. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's just been this incredible, like, dude, it, it, it fills my heart with just so much happiness right now as I'm sitting here or standing here talking to you about it. I mean, and that's just been a small chip of what he's been able to do. So not only is he walking and, and wanting to run, we got him on a bike. We got a 65 year old man that at earlier this year was over 300 pounds. I got him riding a bicycle, uh, two and a half weeks ago. I took a trip out. He's got a small little, um, in his neighborhood, there's a small little community center with a gym. And he had been asking me for months or not for months, but for weeks, like, Hey, like, I think, I think I'm ready to start lifting some weights. You know, my dad had only worked out for a short period of time. Like probably I'd say he was in his maybe mid to late thirties, forties. So back when I was growing up, we had a neighbor around the house that was like a bodybuilder. My dad and him became friends. So for like three years, um, previous, he had committed to a very strict regimen of training. But outside of that, he was not somebody that ever wanted to step foot in gym. I mean, I had offered to give him, you know, free memberships. I'll pay for it. Come train with me. I'll be your trainer, this and that. Like for years when I was working in gyms, I was trying to get him to come in there. He just wouldn't do it. But he had been reaching out to me like, you know what? Like, I feel like this is the time, like I'm ready to start working out. And I was like, okay. He and I grabbed, you know, grabbed a, a note, a notepad and a pen. And we walked from his house up to the community center. And he was like, what do you think? And I'm like, this is perfect. This is what we need. So, you know, he, we sat in there for an hour going through some different movements, me looking at how his body could function. Very surprised that he was able to do a lot of things that I, that I asked him to do. So I've now scripted out a workout for him three times a week, about a 30 minute, you know, a little short 30 minute full body protocol, nothing, nothing crazy, but it's that next step. It's like, now we can keep, keep adding. It's like how we can keep testing what he's able to do. And, and as long as he keeps, you know, getting better, like, I don't know. I, I feel like where we can go with this is, is ultimately limitless. Like, um, I'm pushing him right now to commit to, uh, doing a triathlon. Um, oh, because, because he's been swimming too. So here he is. Um, we know he's walking, we know he's riding a bike and we know he's swimming. I'm like, so you're doing all three of these activities. I'm like, I'm like, why don't we commit to on your 60 around your 65th birthday, which will be next October. Why don't we commit to this? Um, it, we don't have to do it for a race. Like, let's do it for a milestone. Let's do it for an accomplishment. And if you want, I'll do it with you. Um, we have a large family. We have people now like friends that he's with. He takes trips to Miami to go to the hurricane games all the time. He tailgates with all his buddies. I'm like, do you realize how much support, how many people will be out there for you if you can actually commit to and show up and do this? So I don't know. I'm still, I'm still working on that one with him. Um, I think, you know, I'm praying that, that, that I can get him to do it. Cause I just like, that would just be so incredible if on his in and around the time of his 65th birthday, if we could have him running, running a short little mini, mini triathlon. Well, I, prayers for that, man, because I, Let's let's be realistic in our in our culture today. When someone is is your dad's age or you know my dad's age, it's when we start to talk about the decline of their life, and when you start to you start to accept that oh you know dad or grandma or grandpa they don't come out anymore they don't do this or no they're not going to go do, we can't do that with them because they can't do that, and we start to to accept. And I, I'm not saying that obviously all things can be avoided or anything. I'm not trying to paint some like rose colored, you know, lens over everything. But I, I think sometimes we 
you know, even when, you know, when I was younger, like for myself, you know, we accept the decline of our lives because we don't know better or don't know that that change is possible. So we accept that, you know, well, I guess we're not going to go for those walks as a family anymore. And we're not going to see this happen, you know, and dad can't do this. So don't go on without him. And instead, he's proving that you can build your existence and, and see it decline and see your world get smaller and see your world shrink and then make a change and, and, and cause there to be growth again. And like, just when you said he was saying, you know, he's out walking and he's seeing the, the, the wildlife and seeing the world, like seeing things go by him that were not there anymore. Like as much as people say, I can sit on the couch and see the world from my television, and my computer screen. That that's not life. That's not experiencing life. And like, so he, you know, and I mean, don't think anyone out there listening is thinking we're saying, you know, you know, Frank did Frank did all of this, you know, to his dad. Like your dad obviously committed and and like has done amazing things. Like he's I, I hope he's feeling empowered. Like what I, I'm really curious about, like have what his has he what has he said or have you even had like an articulated discussion about what his life was like before versus his life now and just how he feels about this whole, you know, road that he's been on. Yeah, we, we, we have. So my dad has, um, he has suffered two strokes, um, in the past decade or so. So the ability to articulate, uh, deep level thoughts and conversations at a high level, uh, it's not there. Um, but one thing I will say for certain is, that has somewhat grown and evolved. So yeah, at the beginning of the year, like if, if, if we really tried to get into like, what are you ultimately feeling right now? Um, it'd be very hard for him to translate that into words. I've taken a very proactive effort at trying to get that kind of stuff out of him. So every time, you know, every time we've been talking during this journey, when he would call me, Hey, I, you know, I'm down, you know, uh, down another 10 pounds in these past few weeks great. How do you feel? That's like my, always my first go-to question. The numbers, the numbers on the scale are fantastic. The fact that you went from wearing, you know, 48 inch pants to now you're, you know, now at one time he was at forties. Now it's like, I'm giving him my old like 36 inch waist. And I think I'm going to have to send him some 34 inch pants pretty soon. That's great. But, but how does that feel? So it's like, I'm, you know, I'm leading those conversations for him to be able to better articulate that stuff. And it's definitely improved, um, over this year. And I think that's due to, you know, the, the, the mental clarity side of things, you know, as we've, you know, been down this, like we talked about earlier, it's like when you have control over your body, you, you gain better control over, over your mind. I think he's just being able to betterly articulate, um, the feeling, uh, side of things much, much more clear now. That's that, that's really, really awesome, man. And I, I'm curious, like, because one of the things we were talking about a little bit offline before we started talking, you know, was your family dynamics in general. Like, what has been the impact on your family as a whole um, on this journey, you know, his journey? Like, what has has it impacted other people? Like, do you hear things like I'm just really curious? Yeah, you know, uh, great question. Um, you know, it's it's, it's great to hear my dad. So my dad is, uh, he comes from a big family. So he's got five brothers and sisters. And one thing that he has constantly said is, is he's wanted to use this 
as a tool to inspire his older brother. So he's got a brother uh, that's a few years older older than him, and he's he's that older brother that even you know even in their their sixty you know mid sixties uh, still picks on him a little bit. Um, but but he's like he's my dad's now like because his 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 older brother like he's he's not where my dad was, but he's definitely put a substantial amount of weight on. So my dad is like, man, if I could just, if, if Chuck could just be motivated by me, like that's why I'm really doing this. Cause I want to motivate him. It's like, now he's taken, he's transitioned out of like, I'm doing this for me, for him. It's like, I'm doing this for everybody else. Um, so it's cool to hear him, to hear him say that. Uh, like I shared with you before we, uh, before we hit record, uh, my sister took a, she jumped in for a little bit. Um, she had an incredible 30 day, 30 day transformation. Um, unfortunately, you know, she didn't stick with it and, you know, we're praying that, that, that she will get back on because I think it can just be such a life changing life transfer, life transforming thing when you, when you ultimately commit to it. Um, but people are definitely, definitely seeing and noticing, um, the shining light inside of him. Like I said, for, for a very long time, he was not a pleasant person to be around ever. Um, and, and that is beginning to change. He's still got that stubbornness to him, you know, family dynamic side of things, but people are noticing people are beginning to reach out and ask me more questions, which is awesome. Um, because, you know, if I could, if I could gather a tribe of, you know, family members and, and just all bring them, bring them down the journey, like I know it could be incredible, but yeah, it's, I think the, I think the coolest part about the family dynamic is, how he shifted now of like, okay, like he was motivated by me. He saw my transformation, which led him to want to start his. Now he's like, if people can see how easy this has been, he's like for a big dummy. Like, I, I think he actually said it exactly in this way. He's like, if people see how easy this is for a big dummy like me, like they know that they can do it themselves too. So it's, 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 it's been really cool to be a part of. Well, well, that's, that's awesome, man. And I, I think you're, I think you're right. Like it's that leading by example and, and putting it out there that really tends to have the biggest impact on people. Like seeing him, seeing your transformation and his does. And because he's, he knows that it was seeing your transformation that inspired him. He then is able to say, you know, well, I'm going to just keep thriving and know that my showing, you know, my living this life now is going to show other people that there's possibility here. And there's, there's real, there's something really kind of like, I, I, I sometimes wish I had better words. Like, I think there's something powerful, you know, for, to, for that kind of transformation to be transferred to other people. You know, you can, we can always think about telling people what to do, but it, it's often, it's the action and seeing that action in practice that helps people the most. Oh, yeah. Well, isn't that what your podcast is all about? You know, it's like, like you know, we're not here. Um, and same, same with mine, you know, the same with the superhuman life. It's like, we like, here's a platform that we can use to share other people's stories and share other people's journeys to resonate with somebody that may be going through that exact same thing, not in a dictatorship type of way of you need to get your act together and you need to do this and follow this and follow that. But it's like, Hey, here's somebody that's been on the journey that I'm trying to go on. Here's the steps that they followed. Here's how it made them feel and how they came out of it. Let me just listen. And then maybe there's, maybe there's a nugget or two inside of there that can, that can help me where I'm currently at. And I think that's what you're trying to do 
with your podcast here? Oh, oh, completely. And a, a couple of weeks ago, or a, record, or a week or so ago, recorded an episode about the holidays and, and you know how to approach the holidays as someone on a weight loss journey or someone who's come out of a weight loss journey. And the the guys I recorded with before we got going, I said, I don't want this to be a on the holidays eat X, Y, and Z discussion. Like I don't want this to be about prescription. Because that's not what is going to really help anyone out there who's looking for direction. Like they think they need, they think they need a list of the things to do, but really they need to hear that you know it, whatever plan they think is going to work is as long as they're empowered to put that into place and into action, that's going to help them more than saying, "Well, take two tablespoons of sweet potatoes and half a cup of green beans and two ounces of turkey." Like I'm not that person. You know, and, and I, I know that that's not, you know, the message that I can put out. And there are people because there are more than enough people who put that out there, you know, like that exists. Like, if you want that, go find it. But I think it's that power of story that is really, really awesome. And I I don't want to because I would like us I, one. I don't want to take up your entire Saturday. Um, but 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 two, I, I, I would like us. I want us to be able to get into a little bit of a discussion about people out there that are listening that are hearing you talk about this inspiring story about your dad and want to ha- get some ideas about how they might be able to help someone in their life but i also don't want to move away from your dad's story i want to make sure that you you've you've been able to talk about the pieces of it that you want to talk about like you started to talk about what's coming next for him i didn't know if there's more there in terms of like what you guys have planned or um if you feel like we're we've we've kind of given you know, we, we've given his story the due that it deserves, because I, I really do think he deserves, you know, a great, like you said, an arm out, but also just like a, a you know, a clap for taking back the reins of his life and, and doing what he's done. Yeah. Next, next up for him, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, we're just, we're just a few weeks into kind of the strength training side of things. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see what, you know, what we'll be able to do you know, with a, um, here I'm talking like, you know, a true, true coach here. Like, what can we do with this physique? Um, you know, but, but, but I'm excited, you know, um, to get back out there and to see the progression from, from the strength side of things. Uh, because I know ultimately like it's, it's going to just take him to, to the next level, you know, in terms of like other, other stages of his life. Um, I know he's looking forward to complete retirement. So he's working on, um, getting to a point where he's he's not having to work um, to the degree that he is anymore, you know that's that's still kind of a big part of his life is is the work that he's doing, um, you know which is which is not as bad anymore from the physical you know the physically demanding side of things, um, but him realizing that okay if 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 I feel as good as I feel right now and I have the complete freedom in life um, where I'm not tied to working anymore, like what can I ultimately do? And it's like, how much can I enjoy, um, the remaining life that I have? And to hear him talk in those terms of like, there's still a lot of things that I can do as opposed to him just literally just kind of translating to you that he's just kind of laying around waiting for his death to come, um, which is where he definitely was for a very long time. So yeah, I think, you know, next, next stages for him, it's like, we're going to continue to, to get him stronger, uh, to get him healthier as we can. But ultimately, because he's taken back control of his life, I'm excited for him to spend, you know, to spend uh, the remaining years that he has, you know, uh, you know, God, it could be 20, 30. We have no idea now with, with where he's at. I'm, in, I'm excited for 
him to to be able to enjoy um, the life that he's now created for himself. That that's that'll yeah. be amazing to see, man. And I I'm just glad you know that I'll be. I I know I'm definitely going to check in with you to see how that's going. Um, do you do you know his one rap? His one oh rap god. No, so we so we kept it, we kept it really really light. Um, so I'm trying to get him to recruit somebody else to to train with him, uh, just because I don't want him, I don't want him lifting a ton of weight without me being in there. But no, we, I got him I got him benching like 65 pounds. I got him curling 15. Got him doing dumbbell squats with 20 pounds, you know, holding at his side. Like we're yeah we're not we're not doing the one rep max stuff yet. I just I don't I don't want him to to he's he is 65 you know he is 64 years old so i would be i'd be a very bad coach if i was like okay here you are in this little tiny gym by yourself now try to max out and then he drops a barbell on his face and you know that hospital for for a different reason but no not not since you are curious next time okay (laughs) no i was gonna say next next time i'm up there with him and we're and we're tweaking his his program a little bit maybe i will test it the one right the one rep max just so i can report it back back to you see there you go (laughs) well to be to be realistic um that is literally the first time in my life that i've used the phrase one rep max and and i'm literally i was like i don't know if i'm using this in the right if the context is even right but I'm going to tease Frank with this a little bit just because I know I've seen it thrown around before. So um, I, think, I I wasn't expecting you to be like, well, we have a, a, a he's working at a 75% right now. And, you know, and then, you know, all this, all eventually I would have been like, I don't, I don't understand. So he eats steak. Let's just go back. Let's go back to that. Um, so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This was this, this was the guy that like never wanted to weigh any food, didn't care about a macronutrient or any of that. So, yeah, he's like he doesn't care if he's you know performing sixty percent of his one rep max with an RPE with an RPE of eight. Like none of that none of that matters to him. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, but I I mean it is just still incredible to think about where he was and where he is now. Um. So I know I know there are some people out there. So I would like us to kind of. Take take a few minutes at least to 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 give some of our thoughts on what do you do because like I I said at the beginning of the episode I'm get I'm getting the messages from people saying how do I help this person what do I do and let can we just and I think you've gone through this a little bit but I, I would love for us to be able to just bring it back home and and do a little bit of a, a summarization on just some thoughts on how how do you help someone in your life that is clearly struggling but. One, you don't even know if it's something they're up up to do, and two, if they do ask you for help, what's the best way to get you know to maybe open those doors? Yeah, great, great question. So, I think it's got to start number one with with living the the true like authentic kind of life for yourself, um, or you can kind of start you know dictating to people or prescribing to people how they need to change their life they need to say they need to see that within you so i think a big part of you know i've never really thought about this until now but you know we impact a little bit of my story at the beginning where you know i've i really became you know broke free of a lot of my addictions earlier this year um, to where now I'm for the first time living my own true authentic uh, 
self and, and true authentic life. So I think it's got to start um, with the individual first. Like, are you truly living your own best life? Um, because if you're, if you're not, then you have a little bit more work to do on yourself uh, before you can ultimately help somebody else. Um, and then I think number two, you know, I think you touched on a little bit kind of like what we're doing here with this show and kind of what my podcast has been about and, and what, you know, I think the most powerful way to help people, it's not like, it's not a prescription. It's not like you don't need to walk into, you know, a family dinner and start prescribing these diets and saying, here's yours, here's yours. You need to eat this. You need to follow that. It's like, um, guide them, guide them along the way, show them how easily it, it, it can be done by leading by example. Um, you know, and then I think if you're, if you're at the point where maybe that person isn't, isn't quite ready yet, I know this can be hard and this can be challenging, but I think opening your heart, um, and just being there for, for love and support, no matter what that person is going through, when the timing is right for them to decide to make change, you're going to be that person because why everybody else is like pushing them away or telling them that they're doing something wrong or telling them what they need to get fixed. Like they're going to feel that from so many people in their life. They're probably feeling it from their friends. They're feeling it from their coworkers. Now they start feeling it from their family. Like all this pressure of like, you need to get your act together. You need to start doing this. Um, if you can separate yourself, you can be that person in their life. That's like, put your arm around them and just open your heart and just, just, just share love with them when they're ready to make that decision, which ultimately has to come from them. Like realize you cannot get inside of somebody's body and force them to make a change. It's got to come from them. But when they're ready to do it, the person that they're going to lean into is going to be the one that was truly there for them when everybody else was pushing them away. So I think that's where it's got to start. I, I agree a hundred percent. I think just that idea of being there and being open and you know, you're hitting on some of these great pillars, like leading, lead, live your life the way you want to prescribe it to other people. Like don't, don't say one thing and do another, like, but cause, cause one of the things like I started to share with you earlier was like the evolution of even like how I approach these situations. Because when I first started my, my journey and saw a lot of success, I immediately wanted to tell every person in the world, you know, get on a keto diet. Like I wanted to go up to every family member and slap a dinner roll out of their hand, you know, throw the smash the, the, the dish of mashed potatoes on the floor and be like, we are not doing this anymore. And, and now instead, like when I have someone who comes to me, like I've even had like my parents, you know, my, my parents, um, are, you know, are around your dad's age, uh, and a little bit, you know, a year or two older, and they're actually raising twin four-year-olds right now. So, yeah, so they're having to be younger than they are because it's just there. And so I've had a couple discussions where they say things like, do you, do you think we could eat differently that would help us? Like, do you think if we were to eat differently? And like immediately, of course, there's that one part of me where the fire lights inside and I'm like, well, let's let's pull up the Internet and like get you a food plan and get that. But I also know we've been, I've been down this road with them before. So instead, I have to talk about like I go to a place of, you know, well, what do you think you want to do and, and what ways do you think it could help you? And like we're able to probe a little bit more and have some discussions. And we've started talking about, you know, like I've even just with them started talking about the idea of have you thought about instead of always eating, 
you know, pasta and grains and bread all the time, like maybe start looking at some different vegetables, you know, like start to start to clean up how you're approaching. Cause like the funny thing is like my, my stepmother was having, we were having this discussion a couple of weeks ago and I was saying, you know, well, I, I know you're, you eat a pasta heavy diet. And she's like, well, I could eat something else. And my dad goes, when you make pasta for the two of us, how much pasta do you make? And she's like one box. And he goes, just one box. And she's like, well, one, one and a half. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's way more pasta than two people should be eating. I know that. And I'm like, well, if you know that, and then I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push, but you know, my insane family aside, like there's a, there's that idea that you can't, you can't push people immediately out of a comfort zone because we all know how hard change can be. We know how hard it is to make a lasting change and, you know, wanting people to succeed is a big part of it. And wanting people to live and thrive when you know they're not is also a big part of it. But you have to, like you said, be willing to love people where they're at and know that sometimes you're going to have to go down to their level to meet them. And there are other times where they can be inspired to try to, to reach higher up for themselves. Yeah. And um, this has been something that's been extremely helpful for he and I. And, and now that there have been a few other people that have reached out to me within the family, like trying to unpack more about like, how does this diet actually work? Cause you'll get the question, you'll get the question, can I eat this? Can I have this? Can I do this? And the immediate response for me always is you can do whatever you want to do. Like I am not here to tell you exactly how to live your life. So if you want to eat that, you can eat that. Now, if you want to experience the benefits and you want to follow the protocol or the, or the diet or the program in the way that it's going to best maximize every result possible, I would advise you not to. So, so it's not like I'm telling anybody what they can and cannot do. Um, that is not my job responsibility. That's not the role that I'm trying to play with anything is I'm not here to tell anybody what they can and cannot do and how they can and cannot live their life. So if you want to do that, go ahead and do it. But if you want to experience all the benefits that come with doing this, then I advise you not to. So I think uh, that goes back to kind of like not dictating to people of like, or prescribing them, like you need to do this, this and that, and like pointing your finger, like if you don't do this, you're a bad person. Uh, because like nobody wants, like very few people want to be told exactly what to do. Um, so if you kind of, you kind of empower them, I guess that's probably the best way to say it is like you're empowering them uh, with the information and then giving them the ability to make that decision upon their own by painting the picture of you can do whatever you want, but realize that by you doing whatever you've wanted for as long as you have been, you're now at the point where you're asking me this question about how you can transform your life. So yes, can you continue to do it? 100%. But if you want to make real, real change, then my advice is to not do it. And here's all the reasons why. And then you can kind of get into what maybe happens when you eat these certain foods from a physiological standpoint, or you know, what are some of the benefits when you eliminate these types of foods? So, 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 so giving them the power to make those decisions on their own by how you simply tweak your words uh, can be extremely powerful. I, I think that's a, a fantastic approach and kind of button on the on the on the pack or you know bow on the package of, of helping 
Um, I think that's really a great a great way to put it, man. What what haven't we talked about when it comes to this topic or or with your dad's journey that you want to make sure that the people listening to the this episode hear about? Or do you think we we've, we've we've done a good dive? No, I think maybe just just a one other thing and this is, you know, this I get a question from from quite a few people as well. It's like, okay, so I'm on the carnivore diet. I'm going to commit to eating only meat. Do I have to do that forever? Um, and, and once again, like going back to what I just said, like you can do whatever it is you, you ultimately want to do. But one thing that we've done with him, so he did about four, four and a half months, of super, super strict carnivore. Um, we did the meat, we did the beef, steak, eggs, and bacon. Um, and then at like that three and a half, four month mark is when we started to introduce more of the nose to tail approach with the organ meats and the bone broth and all that other good stuff. Uh, but there was a point where, you know, he said, Hey, you know, he, he calls me Frankie. Hey Frankie, like, uh, you know, I'm kind of missing some of these other things. Like, is there a way that we can work these things back in? And rightfully so we've done just that. So, um, we started with avocado. So just introducing a new type of fat in for him. Um, you know, and now I've got him on some fruit. So in and around his kind of activities throughout the day. So whether it's a bike ride outside or a run or swim or the weightlifting, we'll kind of, uh, we'll kind of add some, some natural fruits in there, some apples, some oranges, whatever. Um, there are times where he'll, he'll throw some veggies into his, uh, into his dinner. Um, and then occasionally, you know, he's got full control over it. He'll go out for dinner and he'll get a steak and potato or, um, you know, a steak and a small side of pasta or whatever. So he hasn't, you know, we're not dogmatic in the approach of like, you've got to eat meat and that's all you can have for the rest of your life. Um, you know, I, I think that there's real value in doing that, but I think in doing it, uh, an intelligent way is we used the, the diet to get to a certain point. And then we've been very intelligent, um, in how we've integrated newer foods back into there. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's still 80, 85% need is where he's getting, uh, the bulk of his calories from, but at least he's at the point where, you know, if he wants to go have lunch or dinner with some of his friends or a family member, or, or just wants to have something, uh, because he knows he's going to enjoy, it's going to make him feel good. He's at the point now that's, that's fully within his range of capabilities, uh, to be able to manage. It's not like he's going to eat an avocado and then go on a three day ice cream vendor. You know, he's got better control, better control over that. And, and I think that is where a lot of people are like, they shy away from like, no, I can't do, I can't even do 30 days. And it's like, like, really? Like you couldn't just for 30 days, if I told you it was going to drastically change everything about your life, like you couldn't give me 30 days of meat only. Um, I talked about this on, on episode one of my podcast. It's like 30 days in the span of your lifetime, 80 years, like it's like a blink of an eye. Like if you could commit to it, because I, because I could tell you that it was going to change everything in your life for the better. Like, would you be willing to do that? So I think that is it. It's like not real, not or realizing that this change, this commitment to the carnivore, like it doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. It's in, and this is why I love Danny and Maura. And I know we're, we're both great friends with them is, is they're not dogmatic about it uh, as well. Like there are people in the carnivore community that are like, they'll look at you like you're a horrible person if you eat something that's not a piece of meat. That's not me. Like meat is definitely the best source for a large amount of your food. 
But if you want to find a way to integrate some of these other things in there, um, by all means, do it. Because, um, you know, I think that's what it's here for. You know, the foods are here for us to, en- to enjoy. And as long as it doesn't cause you to go on, like I said, like a three-day ice cream bender and you have the better control of it, I think that, that there's actually a place for some of these things um, in our diets and, and in our nutrition. So I think that's probably kind of the last thing is now we've gotten to the point where he's not 100% carnivore. You know, he's, he'll dabble in with some, some, other, some other foods here and there. Um, as he feels, as he feels needed. Well, I think that's, there's a maturation there. That's really, you know, important to, to think about. And you, you, I, you hit it, you hit it exactly for me because I, I get that question a lot from people. Like, are you going to be keto forever? Especially now that I'm moving into, you know, more being maintenance minded with, with my own journey, like what's your life going to be like forever. And I, what I think people need to understand is like, when you use a diet like keto or carnivore there, it's a tool that you learn about kind of how you can feel when you're in this optimist, you know, optimized level of intake. So when you start to think about introducing other elements back, you, one of the things that happens is you also get to realize how those foods affect you. Like, you know, what does it feel? So like you can be in a place of, you know, I'm going to the, like, you know, we just passed Thanksgiving here in the U S like I'm, I'm going to Aunt, Aunt Vera's and she's going to have her homemade blueberry pie that I have every year. And I know I want a piece of that. Can I do that? And it's do it, but think about how you feel. And then the next day you talk to that person and they're like, I had the pie and it was glorious, but oh man, am I bloated today? And oh, my, my, my joints hurt. And I didn't realize that eating that would do that to me. So you try to get people to be mindful of those lessons and think about, you know, what are they doing? It's like you said, like, do you have to do X, Y, and Z for the rest of your life? You don't have to do anything. You're not required to do anything, but do you enjoy where you're, how you're feeling and what you're doing? And do you have goals you want to meet that you need to be in X, Y, and Z physical shape for? And what do you need to eat to get there? And what do you need to do to, to keep that going? And, but I just think by going through a transformation like this, you start actually asking those questions. And most people don't ask those questions at all. We don't have a cognizance about what we're eating. It's mindless. There's no real mindfulness paid to what am I putting inside of me and what's happening when I do it. And if, if doing something like this, even doing carnivore for 30 days, gives you that break so that you actually do start considering you, how you're actually reacting and feeling and what your mood is like when you're eating different things and, and all of that, I think that is, is an incredible benefit. It's an incredible thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if, if you feel bad all the time, like you're not going to be aware that it's the food that's making you feel like crap. But the minute that you get out of that state where you're constantly in pain and your joints are aching or you have indigestion or you have headache, fogginess, whatever, until you get rid of all that and then it comes back right after you've eaten something, then you can connect it. But yeah, most people, they're, they're just living in that constant state of pain or discomfort or um, indigestion or, or whatever it is. Like, I mean, just, just where everybody, I mean, 90% of the people are constantly something is, is wrong with them. And it's like, no, let's, 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 we have to look at what we're putting in. And it, it's kind of getting to that, that bareness, you know, that full elimination. Um, and that's where I think it's, it's extremely powerful where like the 30 or 60 day protocol can kind of reset everything. And then once you eat something that triggers it, it's now like you have the mental awareness 
and, you know, cognition to say, okay, I felt all, I felt so, so good up until this point where I ate that. And then I felt like this. Now I know, okay, don't ever eat that again. And if you do, you can at least go into it, prepare knowing, Hey, I'm going to eat this because man, I really do enjoy it. Like, it's okay. Like, like the sense of enjoyment and the, the, the sense of pleasure, like that's, that's inside of us for a reason. We're supposed to enjoy things. So if you go into like, okay, I'm going to eat this because I really, really enjoy it. And it's only this one time a year. As long as you know, like tomorrow, I'm probably going to feel a little bit worse. Um, then, then I think that's completely okay. And, and just don't allow it to start a vicious cycle downward. Very well said, man. And so if I, I do want us to get a chance to say, if there are people out there listening who are thinking about, you know, wanting to try carnivore for 30 days or read more about, you know, how to build a, a plan for themselves or find a plan for themselves, like what resources would you, you know, off the top of your head recommend they check out? Yeah. I mean, um, we've mentioned two of them a, a handful of times, um, on the show. I think two people in terms of, of how to, how to get into carnivore with like, if you're in a family dynamic, two of the best people to follow are, are Danny and Mara, um, you know, the fat fueled family podcast. Um, I think in terms of like, if you really want to understand, uh, like the science behind it, uh, probably the leading person right now putting out information is Dr. Paul Saladino. Um, just with his whole nose to tail, obviously Sean Baker just released the carnivore diet, the book, another incredible resource as well. If you want to understand, um, about how it's actually working and, and more of the science behind it all. But if you're like, you know what, I don't care about any of that. And I just want to get started. Um, I think if you can commit to, you know, the 30, 60 day protocol, you know, there's kind of a few different phases to get started for me. Like I said, I went straight in ground beef. That's it for, for 30 days. Um, and that was super, super hardcore. But at the same time, like I, like I never really struggled with discipline around a diet, you know, as a bodybuilder, which we, you know, deprived ourselves for four months at a time. So it was never really an issue for me, but I think for a lot of people, you know, understanding that the carnivore diet means anything where the original source was an animal. So now you look at, you know, your beef, steak, uh, eggs, bacon, um, and then dairy. If dairy doesn't give you a problem, have it within moderation. You know, probably ten less than ten percent of your calories should be coming from some form of dairy. So either meat or or not not meat, but cheese or eggs or any of those. Uh, but if you have a problem and you know that you're um, you know lactose intolerant, then 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 don't do don't do the the milk and cheese and just do beef, steak, and eggs. People ask me all the time about, you know, like, well, can I have chicken or fish? Fish, 100%, you know, salmon, salmon is a great source of healthy fats, um, higher, you know, higher in the fat content as well. Um, once again, I would say, yes, you can have chicken. It is classified as a meat. Um, but if I was going to say, you know, you could have four ounces of chicken or eight ounces of chicken versus eight ounces of steak, you're getting a better, um, now here comes like the, the business guy in me, like you get a better return on your return on your investment. Um, cause I think it's important that understanding that the, the carnivore diet falls under the category of keto and keto having to be, you know, somewhere in that 70% fat 60 to 65. If you're super high, high active, you can get away with a little bit lower of a fat, but you want to be in that 70 to 75% of fat, then you need to be eating the fattier meats. So your ribeye steaks or, you know, your ground chucks or 80%, you know, um, 
20% fat uh, beef is, is where you want to start. And then if you really want to get into it, like I said, uh, look at Dr. Paul Saldino and his nose to tail approach where he talks about, you know, all the nutrients and vitamins and minerals and everything you're getting from within the organ meats themselves. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, um, there's a handful of resources right there. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Great. Great. So Frank, one of the, I, I, I want to get to kind of a little bit of, of what's, cause we talked about what's coming next for your dad. What, what's on the horizon for you? What do you have going on, man, that, that the people should know about or what's coming up next for you? Yeah. So, so we talked about it, um, you know, more at the, uh, the beginning of the episode here, but, um, I do have an online fitness business. So been coaching and helping men build more muscle, uh, for the last three years. So that, that still goes strong. Um, you know, we just launched a new program, uh, back in, back in October, uh, which is called Mastetic activation, which is a, uh, pre-training pre-exercise protocol to help you stimulate, uh, more of a neurological or mind to muscle connection, uh, the little short six to eight second, uh, pre-workout routines that you do without weights. Uh, we call them imaginary exercises that help turn on the mind to muscle or the neuromuscular signal within your body. So that's really excited that we launched that in, um, in October. The podcast, um, is really my biggest passion right now. Like we said, the, the mission behind is to help men break free from the shackles of addiction through the power of faith and fitness. Um, and what's been truly incredible is, you know, we're 15, 16 episodes in is there been so many consistent underlying themes with every single person's story that I'm starting to see the trends of, okay, what do people ultimately need to do uh, to get out of these times or to get out of this darkness that they're living in? So we're working on a few different programs that will be geared towards men that are specifically struggling with porn addiction. Um, so I'm not sure if I can use the term recovery, uh, but we are putting some programs together to help men grow out of porn addiction. So I think you have to take both centric approach um, to your life. So if you're battling with addiction right now, you're battling with porn addiction specifically. The question I'm starting to get a lot is how do I, how do I end porn addiction? Um, and I think ultimately you have to become that person that is no longer addicted to pornography. So what that looks like from a growth perspective is we're taking the approach where we have to rebuild your body. Ultimately, like I said, I am a fitness guy. I'm a trainer. I'm a coach. In my life mastering a lot of these exercise mechanics and now having a deeper understanding from the physiological side with the diet things, I think we have to start by rebuilding our body. You know, you touched on it earlier. Like once we have control over our body, we then gain control over our mind, which is step two is rewiring your mind. So if you're, if you're addicted to porn and you're constantly in a consumption of other humans and you're constantly taking in the stimulus and you're getting that dopamine response of like, you know, the, the high level of, um, sensory from the porn, you have to look at like actually rewiring your brain. You know, they've shown some brain scans of porn addicts side by side with heroin addicts, and it's actually doing the same damage to your brain. I think there's steps that, that we can take as, as people, uh, to, to rewire and re-strengthen our minds. Um, and then the third one is, uh, the third step to becoming the person that's no longer addicted to porn is to reshape your heart. You know, I think that when you're once again, going back specifically to the porn addiction is it's such a hate fueled, 
um, industry and ultimately puts you in a state where you begin to objectify women is you have to be able to shift the way that you view the world through your heart. And that's done through, through a reshaping, um, and practicing gratitude and just opening your heart and being vulnerable to the world. So yeah, that's what we're currently working on. And, and we're in a, we're in a, a, a case study phase right now where we're working with a handful of men, um, who are suffering with these issues told to ultimately let me put the fine, the final touches on the program, um, which will be, which will be ready to launch to the public in early 2020. But yeah, I'm not sure, like I said, if it's, if it's addiction recovery or if it's growing out of addiction, I, I believe it's more of a growth, growth centered, uh, approach of ultimately becoming that person, um, that you were born or, or created to be. So that's, that's what I'm most excited about working on right now. Well, that's really uh, exciting to, to, I mean, uh, you said you're excited, so, uh, but I'm excited to see where that goes for you and, and kind of what develops. Cause I know that's going to be a powerful resource for men that are struggling with something that we don't spend enough time talking about and we don't shine a light on. So uh, I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to seeing when, how that develops for you, my man. Um, one of the, before we get to talking about how people can reach out to you, one of the things I end every episode with is something I call the fat guy five. It's five questions that I ask every guest. And now normally I'm asking these guys that have gone through these weight loss transformations or entering onto them. So uh, I've altered some of the questions to make them a little more appropriate um, for our discussion for you. Um, so, but we will we'll kick it off and it's really just the answers that pop into your head, man. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Question number one, Frank. So since, I mean, you, you were a Husky guy and, you know, you, you dealt with a little bit of a weight issue, but you never really were, you know, a full on, a full on fat guy. Would you think about your eating? What do you say is your greatest indulgence? Like right now, what is the thing that is your greatest indulgence? Um, peanut butter. Oh man. Or any nut. Oh, oh yeah. Peanut butter. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I battled with this for a super long time to the point where like, I couldn't even have it in the house because I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night unknowingly, almost like sleepwalking. And I'd walk downstairs at the time and I would just open the pantry and I would devour the entire thing. Like there'd be mornings where I woke up and like the light switches would have peanut butter all over it. Cause I'm like trying to do stuff dark could be all over the wall. Um, but yeah, I got to a point where it's like, I can't even have it in the house. And there were times where like, uh, my girlfriend would have it and she would hide it like before I even got home, but I would still find it. Like, like I could sense it. Like, like there was a sixth sense to be able to smell the peanut butter hiding behind, you know, the box of oatmeal or something. So, so yeah, I would say peanut butter. Oh, I, I relate to that hundred percent. I don't know if, I can't remember if we talked about this or not, but yeah. Do you know the legendary nut butters? Have you have you ever seen those? The ones that are like named after desserts? I don't think so, no. Okay. So they're a company, they make these these nut butters, they're sweetened with the Rithvertal. They there's some that's like pecan pie, blueberry cobbler, like blueberry cinnamon roll or something ridiculous like that. And I I have a general nut butter addiction, but I had a weekend where I ate four jars of the apple pie legendary nut butter in one weekend. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And this, this was when I was a year into being keto. This was not, you know, this was not 500 pound, Mike, this was, you know, over a hundred and some odd pounds down, you know, 150 pounds down. 
thought I could buy it and be in control and like was convinced that I was ready to have it in the house. And it, to say that weekend was a nut butter bender is, is, an, <laughs> is, is, is exactly real. So when you said nut butter, I was like, I, I want someday for someone to create like an inpatient program for people who struggle with nut butter addictions. I think that's the next frontier. Once we, once we conquer everything else, we're going to have to, we're going to have to face the fact that this country is addicted to nut butter. But oh, I can tell you that thing would that line would be out the door with just just my group of friends, like coming from the coming from the bodybuilding space, and it is it is definitely something that is that is a common common practice, and I don't know why it seems to be like that way for for bodybuilding, but yeah, I mean the conversations I've had with people around this topic before, it's like yeah, we could go on for days. Oh, I I feel like someday I'm going to do a whole episode devoted to talking to people <laughs> about it because it just it's it's that important. But we'll we'll yeah. move on. We'll move on. Uh, question number two: Living or dead, Frank? You're on the Fat Guy Forum. So, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Ooh, great question. Um, living or dead, who is my favorite fat guy? Oh, you know, do you know, do you know what came to my mind first? And I don't know, I may have to put an asterisk to this because it's not actually a guy, but my favorite movie growing up. And and this is maybe because I was just watching uh, footage of me being a kid and I was uh, opening a gift where I got a proton pack for Christmas one year, but the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man from the Ghostbusters movie. I don't know why, but I love that guy. <laughs> I had multiple like Stay Puft uh, Marshmallow Man like figurines growing up as a kid. So that's my answer. My favorite fat guy of all time, dead or alive, is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters 1. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can't argue with that. I, cannot, I do feel like there is something there for you to unpack someday about what's going on with you and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. But yeah. we're not going to do that. We won't do that today. We won't do that today. But oh, I, I think, yeah, that, I'll, I think I'll, that's a... That's a solid answer, though. I, I like it. I, I think that I think that's pretty freaking awesome, um, especially yeah. in the context. You know, they're bringing back you know most of the original cast for another movie, so you never know. Oh, maybe, right. maybe, yeah. maybe the maybe the Marshmallow Man will return too. We'll keep our <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, question number three, Frank. We 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 danced around a lot of this today, but if there's someone out there listening who wants to get their own journey started, uh, what is your advice for for them? What's their first step to get started? Open your heart, become vulnerable, and find somebody within your life um, that you love and that you know loves you and you can trust in and share with them. Share with them whatever it is you're struggling with. Share with them whatever it is you're going through and watch the transformation begin to unfold uh, by doing that. And the key is you have to truly become the most vulnerable state. Like you can't hold anything back. You, you have to truly find that person that, you know, without judgment is going to be there for you. But the minute that you can, like I said, open your heart and find that vulnerability, um, transformation will begin to take place after that. But that's got to be step number one is, is you have to find somebody within your life. Um, and if there's not a person that they're currently for you, um, there's tons of 
groups, support places that you can go that will welcome you with open arms. Uh, but I think that's got to be step number one is you have to uh, look at yourself from the inside, but then open that up to share it with another person. Because in doing so, you realize that you are not the only one that is dealing with these types of issues. There we go. Question number four. What book, podcast, YouTube channel, resource, person, would you recommend to someone out there who's looking for motivation? Ooh, um, well, besides the Fat Guy Forum and besides the Superhuman Life plug. Um, of course, of course. <laughs> I'm looking, so I'm, I'm standing here in my office and, and looking at my library. I mean, I have couple hundred books. Um, so I, I get the question all the time of like, what's been the biggest book for me? And not that the book was the most powerful in terms of insight or wisdom, but the book that got me on the journey of development to the degree that I am was given to me back in 2015. And it's called The Slight Edge. And it's written by Jeff Olson. So the slight edge, uh, it's, it's about the compound effect and realizing that as we go into these journeys and trying to make change, that we want change to happen immediately. But it's not day one. It's not day two. It's not even day 15 or day 30. But it's the compounded effect of, of little small steps, time, day after day after day after day, that over time begin to compound um, that can ultimately, that's what creates the change. So the slide edge just talks about just daily, you know, just daily little steps and it breaks down and there's tons of research of how, how compounding interest works and the compound effect and, and et cetera. So for me, I mean, like I said, I could, based upon certain questions, like I could give you a book for, for, for various topics, but sharing just personally for me, the book that changed my life. Uh, was a slight edge because it got me on the journey of of reading something every single day or doing some type of growth minded activity every single day. And a lot of times you get started and you don't notice any change immediately. Like even just example with with my dad, you know, like the first thirty days, like yeah, there was a small small change, but it wasn't until we got to like month four, month five that all that previous work that we had done began to just compound over time, and then like change and transformation began to happen at a rapid, rapid scale. Um, so I think that would probably be one um, that I would recommend to, to everybody. Great. And it's, I've honestly never heard of the book. So now I'm excited to get off here now when we're done talking and, and go track it down for myself. It sounds, sounds like a really interesting read. Yep. That's awesome. And question number five, last question for you today, Frank. Um, what is one goal that you have for the next year that is not health or fitness related? Who? Um, great question. Well, sharing with you uh, what I'm working on currently. Um, you know, I don't. I, I guess that wouldn't be. Maybe it is, and if it is, you can tell me. I'll give you a different answer. But I think the goal for 2020 is to help 100 men um, that are battling with porn addiction stop it. So, so that's, that's, that's my big kind of goal for, for 2020 is I want to be able to help with and work with 100, 100 men, um, to end their pornography addiction. 
I love it, man. And I, I love, you know, put that number out into the atmosphere, like put it out into the world. So yep. um, I, I have no doubts that that's going to happen. And Frank, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me today, for bringing forward your dad's experiences, but also being willing to kind of share how those experiences have impacted you and the people around him. Um, I think it's going to be really helpful to a lot of the people out there listening. So thank you so much today. How can the listeners of the Fat Guy Forum find you and connect with you if, if that's something they're interested in now that they, they've listened to us talk for, for almost two hours now, man? Yeah, wow. We definitely, we definitely got out there with time. Um, and, and, and no, no, I mean, just sharing the gratitude back to you, man. I appreciate um, everything that you're doing in this world. I appreciate everything you're doing with this podcast. Like I shared, your story um, on The Superhuman Life has been the third most downloaded episode. And, and I just love every day opening up Instagram and just seeing how much you're putting out in the world and just all the positivity that you're spreading. So thank you for everything that you are doing. It's just been an extreme honor um, and, and blessing to be here with you today. Um, if people um, are interested and in, in, in want to find more, you know, right there as you're listening to this and your whatever podcast platform you are listening to, I know we dropped it a few times, but the name of the show is The Superhuman Life. Um, you know, you can go check out Gormy's episode. Um, I would say at some point you probably want to listen to episode one because that's where I kind of lay the foundation of what I'm ultimately trying to do, uh, because we are fueled and driven by the mission, which I've shared a handful of times here. Um, if you're on the social media stuff, so Instagram, Twitter, um, I'm at the superhuman Frank. Uh, so that's the superhuman Frank on Instagram. Um, if you, if you're interested in more of the fitness stuff that we talked about, so I have frankrichfitness.com. Um, and from there, there's, you can check out my blog. You can check out, um, it'll direct you to my YouTube channel. I have over a hundred, hundred videos on YouTube, um, all geared towards more of the muscle building stuff. So if you're, if your people are looking for kind of an, an expertise level of, of muscular training, hypertrophy based workouts. Uh, YouTube is a great place, Frank Rich Fitness on YouTube. Um, or on Facebook, we have the group for the Superhuman Life. So that is the Superhuman Life podcast is our group. We have uh, Masthetic Nation, which is my muscle building group. Um, or just search me on on Facebook under Frank Rich. So yeah, I'm out there in, in all the different all the different channels and platforms. Well, there we go. And don't worry if you weren't able to take notes on all of that. I will make sure that the show notes have all of, of Frank's uh, social media and, and sites linked so that you can go back and dig through uh, this, the, the great amount of resources that he has out there for a variety of issues and topics. Mm -hmm. Frank, I, I, I just really want to say thanks again, man. It was really, really awesome to get a chance to talk to you again. Um, and I'm look, just like I said, I'm really looking forward to what's coming to you for the next year, buddy. Like, I just really appreciate it. Amazing, brother. Likewise, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and thanks to all of you out there listening who hung in to kind of hear this, this journey today. Uh, this has been another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. As I end every episode, I want to remind you uh, that you, well, one, yes, you can find me on Instagram, gourmet underscore goes underscore keto, or you can email the show at the Fat Guy Forum at gmail.com. Give us a rating, all that jazz. But I more so want to remind you that like Frank's dad and like Frank, you're an amazing person, so go and do something today to amaze yourself because you, you might be surprised what you come up with. We'll see you all again next time. Mm -hmm.